Hello, you're listening to the Shipwreck Harvest Podcast. I am your host, Father Christopher Zalonis. Today we are going to discuss and hear another of Hopkins' terrible sonnets, or sonnets of desolation, as they were alternately known. This was the first one I encountered in the back of the breviary, the text that contains the Catholic Liturgy of the Hours. It's called Justus Quidem Tu Es, or Thou Art Indeed Just. It's not the actual title. Once again, uh, it is an untitled poem that we are identifying by its incipit or its first couple of words. Hopkins cites a line from the prophet Jeremiah, and he cites it in the Vulgate translation, the Latin. Justus quidem tu es domine, si disputem tecum, verum tamen justa loquar ad te, quare via impiorum prosperatur, etc. Which translates, You are indeed just, Lord, if I should dispute with you. Nevertheless, I speak to you justly. Why do sinners' ways prosper? and so forth. In fact, these words form the first two lines, two and a half lines of the sonnet. Here goes. Thou art indeed just, Lord, if I contend with thee, but, sir, so what I plead is just. Why do sinners' ways prosper, and why must disappointment all I endeavor end? Wert thou my enemy, O thou my friend, how wouldst thou worse, I wonder, than thou dost defeat, thwart me? O the sots and thralls of lust do in spare hours more thrive than I that spend, sir, life upon thy cause. See, banks and brakes now, leave it how thick. Laced they are again with fretty chervil. Look, and fresh wind shakes them. Birds build, but not I build, no, but strain. Time's eunuch, and not breed one work that wakes. Mine, O thou Lord of life, send my roots rain. As I said, Hopkins begins the poem by more or less restating what Jeremiah expressed in his prophetic work. Very much characteristic of Jeremiah, who probably among all the prophets gives us the most glimpse into himself very Augustinian in that regard, if I may anachronize the situation. Augustine, we might say, is more Jeremiah than uh, the other way around. Perhaps in the eternal scheme of things, they are very much brothers, and Hopkins as well, at least in their observation and their connection of their observation to their interior lives. Hopkins is looking around and saying, why do sinners' ways prosper while I am fraught with frustration? If this is the way you treat your friends, Lord, no wonder you have so few. I think that was attributed to one of the Teresas. This, at first, kind of confused me. 
Oh, the sots and thralls of lust do in spare hours more thrive than I that spend sir life upon thy cause. Did that mean that Hopkins was engaged in lust more than God's cause? Or was he talking about how lust and the ways of the flesh uh, had more airtime in the world than works of, of faith and hope and charity? I'm not sure whether he was referring to his own life, but given his tensions with sexuality, given uh, the tensions with sexuality that are very much a part of our world, um, very much a part of every, uh, many struggling believers, um, he might have been lamenting about his own engagement in lust to the detriment of time and energy spent on God's kingdom. Hopkins notes a great deal of fertility in the world around him, as we will start to see uh, here in uh, the northern hemisphere as spring unfurls upon us. Banks and breaks leaved, laced with chervil, shaken by fresh wind. Birds build, but not I build. No, but strain. Time's eunuch. What a phrase. Time's eunuch. Um, the anti-Midas touch, everything that he touches falls apart, turns not to gold but to dross. And the final line, mine, O thou Lord of life, send my roots rain. Whatever frustration I might find myself in, that line comes to mind so very often. I would like it if lines of sacred scripture, poetry uh, came to mind as often as lines of popular song or any other quotable reality. I would like it if Hopkins' poetry came to mind just so readily, and it has, the more I've immersed myself in it. We can all identify, I'm sure, with Hopkins' frustrations, uh, his tension between where, uh, between uh, ideals and reality, uh, between where things are and where things ought to be in our own minds, especially with regard to, uh, you know, that common thought of, oh, I'm a good person, why is this or that happening to me? I try to be a good person. I'm a good person. I hear that ad nauseum. And uh, I think Hopkins uh, would say, no, I'm, I'm not a good person. Uh, Jesus himself said, uh, no one is good but God. And that wasn't to disparage himself. Uh, uh, it was to locate God as the source of goodness, that we are uh, participants in that share uh, participants in that goodness. We can all identify with Hopkins' ruminations and remember that all our goodness comes from God and the only thing that we can claim rightly for ourselves are our sins. That all goodness is that all goodness in our lives flows from God, and 
to the extent that we strive to remain connected to him, uh, watered by the rain that he sends to our arid roots, to that extent we will uh, find some measure of prosperity and not just, not even chiefly material in nature, but spiritual growth. Thank you very much for joining me on this brief reflection through a, a very arresting sonnet of Hopkins, arresting my attention, connecting with my own experience and the experiences I have witnessed in other people throughout the years, especially in my ministry to the sick and in my ministry in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. God bless you.